You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, have you guys realized that, um, have you guys realized that, that the last thing that you say uh, before leaving a group of people, like, holds a lot of weight, right? It kind of shows what you are, um, what you're focused on. It kind of shows what you value. You know what I'm saying? For instance, for instance, for instance, uh, my wife and I, when we first were, were dating, um, we, uh, I picked her up from work, picked her, I brought her a sandwich, a sandwich, a sandwich, sandwich. I brought her some food, and, uh, and, and so I picked her up from work, brought her, brought her food. We went to the park. We sat on the bench. We laughed. You guys remember laughing at nothing? That's just kind of what you did when you, like, first met that person. You're like, <laughs> and then, like, they're like, <laughs> and that's, like, that's, and it's just back and forth. It's not really laughing at anything, really. It's just you're kind of in that moment, right? And, and so uh, she had to get back to work, so I, I, we went, I brought her back to her work, pulled up to the, the curb, and, and you're not going to believe me, so you can ask her afterwards. Um, but we pulled up to the curb. She got out. She, she was about to close the door, but she forgot something. So she kind of like pops her head back in. And she's like this. She's like, she says this. She's like, I love you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That silence right there, that was it. Like, ladies and gentlemen, we were dating for a week. I probably should have prefaced with that. And she pops her head and she's like, I love you. And then I was like, What? I was like, wait, what did you say? She's like, nothing. Shuts the door, walks off. <laughs> and I'm there like paranoid. <laughs> like, what just happened? Um, but, but here's why I'm telling you this is, is, is because we, uh, she, like, to this day, she's like, babe, I didn't mean to say that. I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> like, you know you did. And, but, like, but here, here's what, like, why I'm telling you this is, is because in that moment, whether she meant to say it or not, like, in, in that moment, that's what she was thinking. In that moment, that's what was valuable to her. In that moment, that's what she thought was important, right? Because what we say last to a person or to an individual really uh, sheds light into what we think is valuable and what we think is important. Now, here's why I say that. We are very fortunate because we get the opportunity to see what Jesus held valuable and most important in his last words to his disciples. Like, and we read this in Matthew chapter 28. He says this, this is Jesus. Well, not yet, but then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, and this is his last words, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. So, if the last thing that some, oh, son, hello. <laughs> right? Like, that feels so good. Um, if, if, in fact, the last thing that a person says before they leave isn't porn. Here's what Jesus said. The last words, go and make disciples. 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know that's scary, but don't worry, I'm with you always. That's his last words. Now, in theory, Jesus could have said anything, right? He could have said this. He could, he could have said to his disciples right before, he was like, and so that was, that was him elevating, right? <laughs> Focus, John. He could have said anything. Jesus, in fact, before he, he ascended into heaven, he could have said to his disciples, go and be prosperous in the name of the Father, the Son, right? Mm. He could have said, he said, hey, right before he, he um, goes, goes back to heaven, he, he could have said, um, hey, go and be happy in the name of the Father. Like he could have said anything. Jesus could have said anything, but yet he said, go and make disciples, which tells me this idea of a disciple, of going to make a disciple, is pretty important to Jesus. Now, this sounds great. We're like, yes, make a disciple. But some of us were like, what does that even mean, make a disciple? Like, what are you talking about, John? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, a disciple uh, really... Uh, is two things. The first thing that a disciple does, he, he follows, right? So a follower of Jesus, they followed Jesus wherever he went. So they watched his, his mannerisms. They observed how he communicated with, uh, with other people. They, they, they followed him to different cities. They, they watched how Jesus did different miracles. Like he just, like uh, they, they followed Jesus, but here, here's something that's very important, is that disciples, they don't just follow, but they also model, right? So they didn't just follow Jesus, but they also modeled Jesus. And so they modeled Jesus, in the, and, and, and so that everything that Jesus did, they did. Everything that Jesus said, they said. Every miracle that Jesus did, they attempted. Because a disciple, they don't just follow but they also model. And there's two main, uh, main things, main characteristics that, uh, that Jesus consistently modeled. There's two things that Jesus consistently modeled. The first one is this. He was full of love. And everything that he did, he was full of love. Whenever he met people, he was full of love, except for like the religious people, which is ironic, right? But that's probably another message in itself. But he was full of love. Jesus was full of love. Like he was motivated by the love of God, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have ever, everlasting life, right? Like he was motivated by love. Everything that Jesus did, he was motivated by love. So that's the first characteristic. The second characteristic is that he was full of surrender. And I think this is a big one. He was surrendered to the work of God, right? Like Jesus, get this, this is how surrendered he was. He was about to die on the cross, okay? And he knew the, the pain that would come with it. And he's praying to God and he said, God, um, hey, if it's possible for me to not die, if it's possible for me to not have to go through this pain, um, like I'm okay with you taking it away. I'm okay of plan B, right? Like, I'm okay with you, with me not dying this way. But he says, 
but it's not my will, it's your will. So Jesus was not just, um, was not just motivated by the love of God, he was surrendered to the work of God. Like he surrendered his agenda. And so these are the two things, the two main things that you read all throughout the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the two things that you see consistently all throughout the gospels. And so his very last words that he said to his disciples was, go, be a disciple, but then go make disciples. And then he was like, he went up. Now, so we, we know that Jesus had 12 disciples, right? Well, 11, if you don't count Judas, but we don't talk about him. And <clears throat> the, so there was 12. But did you guys know that, that Jesus also had like 72 disciples? 70, between 70 or 72 other disciples? In fact, the verse that we read in Luke chapter 9, it sets uh, the preface of, of Jesus picking those disciples for the 72. And so, um, so here's a little recap of what we read in, in Luke chapter 9. Uh, Jesus in his caravan, his homies, they're, they're, they're traveling to Jerusalem, okay? This is chapter 9, chapter 10, uh, the 72 are going to be picked. So, so Jesus in chapter 20, or excuse me, Luke chapter 9, calm down, John, calm down, right? Like I'm so excited, just calm down. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is, uh, he, he, he's, he's about to pick these 72 additional disciples. And, and he's, he's, he's moving with a crowd of people to the city of Jerusalem. And what we read in the very verse, opening verse today is that as they were walking to Jerusalem, Jesus was stopped by three different people. And so here they are, they're walking, and the, the first guy, uh, individual number one, person number one, he uh, comes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, Jesus, I will follow you. And uh, Jesus is like, um, hey, okay, that's cool. But just know that, um, just know that, that you may have thought that we get to stay in like these nice hotels, but just know that sometimes we're, we're moving and we don't even know where we're going to be staying at. Right, like some translations uh, says that Jesus said that birds have nests, foxes have dens, but the Son of Man, Jesus, has no place to lay his head. And so, so Jesus is letting this guy know, this guy that's like, hey, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus is like, that okay, but know that it doesn't, like what you think this is doesn't always happen the way that you want it to happen. Doesn't always happen the way that you think is going to happen. How many guys can relate that, that, that would identify themselves as, as a Jesus follower? That you, you, you may have thought that, man, as soon as I say, Jesus, come into my heart, take me, like everything, all of a sudden, like I'm immune, poof, to like, to any hardship. Hello, that's not the case. Right? Like this idea of, of ah, this is going to be amazing. Nothing is going to, to affect me and then only to find out that's not really how it works. And so in this text, Luke chapter 9, the first guy that came up to Jesus that said, hey, Jesus, I will follow you. Clearly he wasn't too hot on what Jesus said because it, from the text it almost seems like he just kind of walks away. Okay? 
Then there's a guy, guy number two, and he had to have seen guy number one just like total fail. So he says, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll be your disciple. I'll do it. I will. And uh, <clears throat> Jesus was like, okay, follow me. And he's like, I'll do it. But first, uh, I just went through a really hard time. I got to go bury my father. Uh, and then after the ceremony, after the grieving process, after I'm no longer sad from what happened, then I'll come and follow you. Which is weird. And so we could actually read that. Verse 59. Uh, he said, he being the second guy, said, certainly, but first, excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. So this guy was sad. He's like, Jesus, I'll follow you. But first, let me get into a better emotional state. Jesus, I'll follow you. But first, let me, let me work on, um, on my sadness that I'm feeling. Let me first work on, on the pain that I'm going through. Because I'm going through a lot right now, Jesus. I just need a little time. But as soon as I do that, then I'll follow you. Well, from Scripture, it almost seems like Jesus wasn't too fond of that either. And so the number two walks, so number two, the second guy walks away. And then the third guy, the third guy is like, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll do it. I will follow you. Hey, hey. How many of you guys were thinking about that in your head like when I said that? Yeah, yeah I had to because I kept thinking about it. Um, he's like, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. And Jesus is like, yeah, come, come, follow me. And then the third guy, he's like, wait, but first, but first, uh, I got to go get my home in order. My, my, my home is a bit disorganized. What, what, are, what are they saying? Like, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to be a disciple. But first, uh, I'm just not in the right place. There's a lot of things that I need to just adjust in my life, some things that I'm not ready to, like, tweak yet. Just, just give me some time, Jesus. But first, but first let, me, let, me, let me address that, and then, and then, Jesus, I'll come and I'll follow you. And what we see in guy one, two, and three is that these three individuals, they're trying to make the cut. They're trying to become one of Jesus' 72 disciples. Like they're looking to be one of his disciples. But, but here we get this glimpse into what Jesus, um, the, Jesus, he sets this precedence of what it takes to be a, a disciple. And he says, and, and it's this. I can't allow my season or my situation to dictate my start. I can't allow my season or my situation to dictate my start time. All three of these individuals, they allowed their season or their situation to determine the start time of when they became a disciple of Jesus. And they were legitimate reasons too, right? Like they were legitimate. But they missed it because they, they were saying, hey, God, in essence, what they were saying is this. God, I want to follow you, 
But first, there's something that I need to deal with. And we can have the keys up because I'm going to close. Like, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first. So what is he saying? He, he's, he's painting this idea that, that these guys are putting first their situation, their comfortability, their mindset. But what's interesting is in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus says, but seek first your problems. Not, no, he didn't say that. He said, but seek first that relationship issue. No, he didn't say that. He said, uh, but seek first my kingdom. That's what he said. He said, seek first my kingdom, but seek first my kingdom. Jesus is prioritizing this idea that to be a disciple of Jesus, that that it, it what we do is that we put him first, we prioritize him in everything that we say, do, or think. Jesus is saying, hey, don't wait. I love this. Don't wait for your situation or your season to change. Because he's calling you right now. He's calling you right now. There is a prioritization that takes place as a disciple of Jesus. As a disciple of Jesus, I am saying, hey, I will tweak my life to fit you, Jesus. The last verse, verse 62, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus said this, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. He said, seize the day. See, what is he saying? What is Jesus trying to say? This is what I think he's trying to say. Hey, the time is now. The time is now. Like he's calling you now. If there's anything that, that 2020 has made us, has made us, um, made us think is, is this idea that things can wait. And I don't, because I don't want any emails like, oh, pastor doesn't believe in this. Not what I'm saying. Listen, be healthy, be wise. But God's calling you, he's calling me to make disciples now. Not waiting until everything clears up. Not waiting till we can open up in church. Like now. He's calling us now. He said, seize the day now. Listen, I, I want to repent to you as your pastor. If I have ever, ever, ever once made you feel like church on a Sunday morning is just to come here to get your Holy Ghost goosebumps, to sing Kumbaya, to feel good about each other. Because if I made you feel that way, I have failed as your pastor. Because it is so much more than that. Jesus said, hey, there is one thing that I value, and here it is. Go make disciples. He leads. What is important to Jesus? That we go out and make disciples. Listen, those are the people we're trying to reach. It has never been about this. It has never been about this. 
And if it has been about this, just, just news flash, it's not. And you will probably hate this church because we will continue to push. It's not about us. It's not about my comfort. It's not about what I want to do or I don't want to do. I will do everything I can so that I can reach those far from God now and make disciples now. Because that's what it's about. It's about now. Final thought. If you were here this morning and you have never, you've never made, you've never said, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to be a disciple, someone that follows, but also models who Jesus is. It's very easy to think, well, John, uh, you don't understand everything that I'm going through right now. Like, there's just so much stuff happening in my life right now. It's just, it's like, I, I want to I be a disciple. I want to follow Jesus. I want to go and make disciples. But, John, you don't understand everything that I'm dealing with right now. And I want to close with this because I think this is so important. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul writes this. He says that, he says that God's grace is sufficient for you. That God's grace is enough for you. And then he says this amazing thing. He says, he says that my power, God's power is made perfect in my weakness. He, he said that in my weakness, God's strength is perfected which is good news because there are days, weeks, months where I feel inadequate, where I feel like I'm not enough, where I feel like I can't go out and make a disciple, where I can't just model and follow what Jesus is doing. But Paul is like, hey, don't worry. You don't have to be all. You don't have to feel like you're enough. In your weakness, God's strength is perfected. So when I feel weak, that's when God's like, yeah, finally, second here we go. Like he rolls up his sleeves. He's like, it's time to go. I've been waiting for you to say that you can't do it. I'm ready to go now. 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 Come on, say it out. Now. God's called me now. He's called us to reach our city now. He's called you to reach your workplace now. He's called you to reach your family. You're like, tomorrow. Like, no, now. He's called you now. He's called you now to go out, to be a disciple, to make disciples. Someone that follows and someone that models Jesus. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.